Okay, this morning's reading is from Philippians 1, verses 12 to 30, and could be found on page 1178 on your Bibles or on the screen. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Emma. Good morning. My name is Sue. I'm one of the staff here at Christchurch, and it's great to be back with you. I've been shining like a star, as it were, in other places, a week in France and then at New Wine last week. So as some of you might be aware, this is our theme for this summer, is shining like stars, that we are called to shine for Jesus, as it were. Um, the two verses that we've been looking at are, um, are they on the slide, that's great. We are, this is the theme for this morning, shining like stars through hard times, like when it buckets down with rain and you're in a tent. Um, and the two verses that we're looking at are the one that Jesus said to his disciples when he said, you are the light of the world. He also, of course, said that to, about it himself, that he was the light of the world. 
but because we are to reflect him, he says to us, you are the light of the world. And as we've been reading in Philippians, Paul says to his readers as well, shine like stars. So be like Jesus, because we are to light up the world, aren't we? We're to light up the world with the words that we use and our actions and behavior to show others Jesus, to honor Jesus, and also to alert people to uh, their need to ask for God's love and forgiveness for themselves. So I wonder, how are you feeling this morning? How bright do you feel? Do you feel like you're shining like a lighthouse, or do you feel a little bit maybe like a flickering torch or a little tea light? Uh, It all depends, doesn't it, on where we're at, what's happening in our lives, what our situation is, in terms of how we feel we're shining. And in our reading, we read about Paul being in prison. And this is when things are particularly tough for Paul. He says um, that he is in chains. And, of course, prisons, prisons in that place and prisons across the world are not good places to be. Um, they're cold at night, very hot in the day, lots of creepy crawlies and bugs. Actually, not, but not dislike being in a tent. No, <laughs> shouldn't trivialize it. But, um, yes, uh, there are some similarities. Uh, and Paul says um, that what's so... Uh, he says that he's continued to shine and what's so wonderful is that the whole prison guard and everyone else knows that I am in chains because of Jesus. And of course, it wasn't just tough for Paul, but tough for his friends out of prison as he's in prison because he was their leader and he wasn't with them. And in some ways, it was a shameful thing, or it could have seemed to be a shameful thing for him to be in prison. Maybe others around them were sort of saying, well, we, we don't think much of you now if your spokesperson is in chains. And you would expect, perhaps, for them to um, feel really frightened, because if he's in chains, then that puts them all in danger. Um, persecution isn't something that is for an isolated few. Um, When you're in a group and you're all together, when one is persecuted, all of you suffer, and all of you are branded, as it were, with the same brush. But there's this amazing little sort of surprising thing that we, we noticed in verse 14. Rather than them sort of battening down the hatches and keeping quiet and perhaps retreating a bit and not speaking out too much, what we read in verse 14 is most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Isn't that amazing? They dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So Paul's suffering and his hanging in there when the going gets tough has actually increased their confidence in God and increased their confidence to speak out for Jesus. And Paul rejoices when things get tough because he knows in verse 19, we read, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He knows that Jesus is with him through his Holy Spirit and that Jesus will see him through. 
that the light of Jesus will continue to, fu- to shine. That's Paul's hope, isn't it? That's Paul's faith. And that is an inspiration to us, isn't it? For, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Amazing faith. So let's see this picture. Who can tell me what this is? Or where it is? Actually, it would be really good if someone could tell me where this is, because I don't actually know. (laughs) Brian would know. Emma. It's on the Isle of Wight. Thank you, thank you. I'm new to Hampshire, you know, only four years. Um, Yeah, great. It's on the Isle of Wight. So what are lighthouses for? What are lighthouses for? Does anyone know? Why do we have them? Yes, why do we? Yeah, that's right, exactly. When it's really choppy and and, um, there are rocks around, you need to warn the ships that don't come too close because this is a dangerous area. Absolutely, they're there as warnings, aren't they? Um, Brian tells this lovely story. If if he was here, he would tell you about his family holidays on the North Devon coast, and they would overlook um, Lundy Island and the Bristol Channel. Is Lundy an island? Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, Anyway, they'd look over the Bristol Channel. That's a bit of water, I know that. And um, he would talk about how when he was a child, you know, they would wait and it would get dark. And of course, they would look out to sea and see the beams of the lighthouse. I think many of us have done this, haven't we? We've seen the beams of the lighthouse going around. And um, that sense that uh, it keeps people safe, and it's a lovely, reassuring sight, isn't it, when you see the lighthouse uh, going round. But, you know, even lighthouses can go through tough times. We're just going to see a little video clip now of a lighthouse that's having a bit of a hard time. I don't know how you are feeling this morning. I don't know how battered you might be feeling or whether you're in a bit of a storm, whether you're finding life really tough or whether things are calm and easy. But we know, don't we, that both in our own lives and in the lives of those close to us or those far away, things can sometimes feel very stormy and we can feel battered. Let's just pause for a moment and just perhaps pray either for yourself or for others known to you who are feeling a little bit battered like that lighthouse. At the end of our reading, Paul gives us three pointers to help us to continue to shine like stars even when things are really tough. The first thing he says is in verse 27, and this will be our memory verse. And it's basically a simple instruction. He says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. So really what he's saying there is continue to continue to continue persevering. So in other words, keep on keeping on. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. So when things are tough, you carry on behaving like Jesus has asked you. Behaving as though you are the faithful follower of Jesus that you are. So we don't stop when things get tough. The second thing he says is about standing firm in the one spirit 
again in that verse, verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit. And this is what's wonderful, isn't it? It's that we're not actually standing, trying to stand as a, as a follower of Jesus on our own. We are doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Izzy talked, didn't she, about speaking to those young people about not being independent and strong in themselves, but actually being dependent on God, really leaning on him and relying on him. Um, earlier in the letter, Paul thanks the Philippians for praying for him. And he says, your prayers have been answered because I have been strengthened by the Holy Spirit. So we need to pray for one another and pray for those who are having a hard time. And the last thing is to strive together as one for the faith of the gospel. I don't know if you remember seeing in the clip, in the video clip, um, they described how C uh, Smeaton's, that's his name, Smeaton's Lighthouse was built by having those granite stones interlocking with each other to give the lighthouse the strength it needed. I love the fact as well that it was built um, in the design of an oak tree. That's a wonderful biblical image, isn't it, of an oak tree. And um, I just loved what happened this morning with uh, Sam and Emma. It's great teamwork, isn't it? You hand the baby on and then you do something and you hand the baby on. Uh, it's just great, isn't it, to, to, to actually really be together in this. You know, let's, let's interlock with one another and can give ourselves that strength uh, that comes from what God is calling us to be as family, as a body together, connected, and carrying one, another carrying one another's burdens, sharing with one another. You know, if you are having a tough time, I would urge you to tell someone, don't keep it to yourself, share it. And uh, so in that way, we can... Um, carry one another and stand for one another, stand with one another. Um, the New Testament, of course, never promises us that life will be easy. In fact, the promises always go the other way. <laughs> the one thing that the Bible does promise us is that life will be tough. So let's not be surprised. And when, when tough things come, let's remember that we can rely on the Spirit and we can be together, united in our dependence on Jesus and on his spirit. So one final encouragement. How far do you think you can see a single candle flame on a dark night? Uh, let me think. Uh, Brian says, how far? Do you think it can be 800 yards, 5 miles, 10 miles, 30 miles? Or 50 miles? I, you know, I don't know the answer to this. Oh, Sam knows the answer. Sam knows the answer. Does anyone know? Sam knows, but does anyone else know? How far can you see a little one single candle? I will believe you. What do you think? Anyone? Have a guess. Five? Five miles? It's quite a long way, isn't it? Five miles. Any advance on five? Oh, that was, that's great. Say that again, Peter, just so people can hear you. You can see a cigarette stub. Yes, it's Daria. Stop, put out three or more, two. Somebody's smoking on the ground, smoking a cigarette. They draw on it and we see from 5,000 feet up. Did you hear that? 
Did you hear that? You can see a cigarette stub from 5,000 feet up in an aeroplane. That's RAF information, that is. So that's true. Well, Sam thinks that the answer is 30 miles. 30 miles, isn't that wonderful? You can see a single flame for 30 miles. And you know, that is the wonderful thing, isn't it? That we're going to be singing in a minute that nothing is impossible with God. So you might be feeling very dim, as it were. You're, you might be feeling as though your flame is a bit flickery. And you might be feeling quite alone as well, thinking particularly at school or in particular groups or work or club situations. You might be feeling very alone. But actually, isn't that wonderful that with God inside us, with the Holy Spirit, um, we can shine like a little flame and others can see it far and wide. Uh, shall we pray before we sing? Lord, we thank you for your word to us this morning. We thank you for Paul. We thank you for his example. We thank you that what he went through was written down and recorded for us. And our hearts turn to your church. And we pray that we would shine like a stars in the darkness. And we do pray particularly, Lord, for those who are imprisoned right now for their faith today. May they know that we stand together with them in one spirit, worshipping the one true God. Amen.